Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. I am your host, Mindy McCauley, Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Specialist for Instructional Support at the University of Kentucky. Today, my guest is Dr. Courtney Luking, Assistant Extension Professor for Maternal and Child Health. So welcome, Courtney. Thank you, Mindy. We are going to talk about baby-led weaning, and this might be something that people haven't thought about especially if they're like me and it's been a long time since they've had children, they might not have thought about it in many, many years. But for those who currently are pregnant or have just had a baby, this is something that they might want to think about how they decide, you know, when to stop breastfeeding and and weaning that baby off of the bottle or whatever it is that's giving them their major source of nutrition while they're infant. Yes, I'm so glad you kind of talked about what does the term weaning mean? And it's exactly that is beginning to transition from that primary nutrition source of breast milk or formula into table foods. So our topic today is, is baby led weaning for me and my baby? But let's talk about this approach to allowing the, the baby to kind of lead how you move from that primary source of nutrition to table foods. Yes. So a lot of us might be familiar with a, what was once considered a traditional approach where we graduated through stages of pureed foods, um, whether we made those ourselves or maybe pre-made baby foods. Right. And and they're spoon fed by the caregiver. Uh With baby led weaning, we flip that approach on its head And as you alluded to, we allow the infant to take control and to feed themselves essentially modified foods of what the rest of the family is eating. Okay. Your planning is easy because you're going to feed them modifications of what everybody else is eating. And you don't have that added expense then of buying lots of different baby foods or whatever, um, if you aren't pureeing it yourself, right? Yes, you are hitting on some of the benefits to the family of baby-led weaning, this approach. So tell me some of the benefits for the baby. Let's let's start with the baby. Okay, yeah. So when we give the baby an active role during feeding, they are allowed to develop both fine motor and oral motor skills. So it's a skill to be able to put a piece of food in our mouth and to chew it and swallow it. I think we oftentimes forget that unless we're at a stage or phase of life where those skills are not where we're accustomed to them being or we're still learning them. And so that baby-led weaning approach gives them a lot of opportunities to grab onto food and bring it to their mouth and chew and swallow. Having watched my granddaughter go through this process, I find her to be a really adventurous eater. And I think that it might be because she didn't eat as much of those pureed foods that I gave my boys that they did not like. <laughs> yeah. Five years ago, that was the way we did things. Of course, of course. And, and that's still very much of use to people today. 
Um, but you hit on another potential benefit for the child is that they are going to have an exposure to more flavors and textures. And and so instead of serving a puree that mixes several things together, they're getting those distinct foods and can start to learn what each of those foods taste like. Mm -hmm. And also that variety of textures, which can be related to kind of sensory exposure, which can have a lot of positive benefits. And to your point, can allow um, children to be a bit adventurous and learn how to enjoy a greater variety of foods early in life. Okay, so those are great benefits. I think that we'll get more variety in in a child's diet if we're not just feeding the puree, right? (laughs) It's it's very possible. And then there's one more benefit for the baby that I want to point out, and it's this ability to learn to self-regulate. As it um, comes to eating and the term self-regulation was a bit foreign to me. Even when I had my first child, I was like, well, I don't understand what you're talking about. But essentially what this means when we're giving the child the lead, we're giving them control. They get to decide what and how much they eat. Mm -hmm. So rather than an adult spoon feeding and can, can we remember a time when we've seen or observed? Yes. Whole jar. (laughs) The spoon is going to the mouth and the kid's turning their head and it's getting all over their face. Those are signs that the the child's had enough. And so, but when we're allowing them to use a spoon or or just their hands, even they, it's a bit easier for them to embrace and honor their body's hunger and fullness cues. And that's what self-regulation is like learning to listen to our bodies and respond to it. And, and then as children grow older, they have a better understanding of when to start and stop eating. I've seen this in practice, so I get it. You mentioned that there are also family benefits. So we talked a little bit about some of those, but what other family benefits are we seeing? Yeah. So the time and money factor that you hit on is definitely a potential benefit. You don't have to buy special foods or necessarily prepare things in a super special way, which, or, or just buy a a lot of different kind of foods, um, which can all save money and time. And then the other big benefit is the valuable social experience the social interactions that can occur around mealtime. So adults and even older children can serve as role models during those eating experiences. And so children can learn what it looks like to, how do I feed myself? How do I use my utensils? What kind of foods are other people eating? So this role modeling can happen in a very positive way. We can also role model less than stellar (laughs) eating habits as well. Um, But by and large, it's a positive experience. And when when you do have the opportunity to sit down together, you can talk with children, which improves their language skills and teaches them about what they're eating or where their food came from, or just talk about anything in general. And that builds strong relationships. Families eating together. I think that's so important. So are there safety concerns to the baby-led weaning approach? One concern about this baby led weaning approach, if you're not starting with solely kind of very thin pureed foods, is that it could increase the chance of a child choking. However, research shows this is not the case. Children fed in a baby led weaning approach don't have an increased risk of choking if they are developmentally ready, supervised by an adult, seated upright and well supported, and if foods are prepared correctly all things that you would want to do regardless of the feeding approach that you're using. Yeah. And and regardless of the feeding approach type, you know, it's a good idea to take a child infant CPR course as they'll 
teach you about how to respond if a child is in fact choking. I know my daughter recently as an older child was just eating cereal and started choking. And so fortunately we had the training and we were able to to do that and take care of her. It was a bit of a moment of panic, but knowing that we had that training was really helpful. And so would strongly recommend that to anyone who has a little one in their home or that they care for. And if you don't know where to find that training, talk to your pediatrician or your... Yes, you can access courses in person in the community. Um, And there's also connections on live. You can do some elements online now and then just kind of do the final certification points in person. And lots of times um, health departments will offer that training. And so that might be, um, if you're familiar with your local health department, that might be a place to, to go get that. So how do we know when an infant is ready to start this baby led weaning approach? And what are some of the first foods that we might give them? Regardless of that weaning approach, again, whether it is kind of the more pureed, or if you want to start with this um, more baby led that has a variety of textures is to see if a child can sit upright with minimal support. So can they sit and hold their head up stably? You wouldn't want an infant that has like has a wobbly head going. You also want to see if they reach for objects and bring them to their mouth. It um, oftentimes this will be like toys and things of that nature. And then we want to make sure that they have a decreased tongue thrust reflex. So what this is, is when the tongue is used to spit something out of their mouth. So sometimes we see that maybe if we have tried to introduce a puree or something, and then they just kind of push whatever you put in there back out, probably a sign that they're not quite ready to start that weaning process. And that's okay. But being able to do all those things indicates that they can safely hold food in their mouth and swallow. So what are some of those foods that we might try first? Any food that can be squashed between two fingers and cut into maybe like a finger size width um, and long strips that allows for easy pickup. So examples include a soft, ripe banana. So slicing that banana into strips that they could grab or avocado or kiwi or mango or like a ripe pear. Roasted or baked or steamed vegetables are another great option. Squash or carrots or sweet potatoes. Just want to limit the seasoning that we're adding to those types of things. We we truly just want to give kiddos foods. Um, we don't want to overly flavor or season things at this point. And then meat is also possible, like a ground meat or some sort of like soft shredded mm-hmm. type of meat can be some nice first foods but we don't have to avoid those softer like pureed textures either. So yogurt is a great one, a whole fat plain yogurt or applesauce or even cooked cereals are okay to include. Again, the idea is that we're exposing them to a variety of textures and tastes in those early months that they start to try new foods. Well, and I I remember my granddaughter's favorite cereal. I mean, she loved oatmeal as a, as an infant. And still, still as a two and a half year old, she still loves oatmeal. She wants her blueberries in it now. We didn't maybe put blueberries in it uh, when she was tiny because of the choking uh, hazard there. But yeah, and yogurt's always a fun one too. That's great. <laughs> I, I have seen that baby led weaning is a good way to transition babies from the bottle or breast milk to table foods. I would say that it's probably a, a good opportunity for parents maybe to think about how they eat as well. Absolutely. Kind of the, it embraces the whole family eating a healthy way of life because we wouldn't 
we wouldn't serve with baby led weaning. We wouldn't serve like pizza, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with pizza or, um, you know, but we won't be serving a lot of those processed foods. So it is an opportunity for the family to support one another in healthier choices. Now, is it the only way to transition to table food? No, it, it's, it's gotten a lot of popularity and buzz. And I know people can have very strong opinions about one approach over another, but at the end of the day, people have to find what is going to work best for the caregiver and the child. And there are many ways to expose children to food that provide the nutrients and the energy needed for that healthy growth and development. And baby led weaning is just one of those. As long as they're getting it, it doesn't really matter how they get it right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So there's no, there's no one size fits all and really just trying to support people in finding the approach that works for them. Courtney, thanks for sharing with us today. I know this topic is something that will interest all of our young families. Great. Thanks for having me. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Talking Facts, and we are available on all major podcast providers. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.